everybody. Welcome back to Creatoring, a podcast about creativity and uh, being creative and just living life as a creative. I'm Zach. Hey, I'm Courtney. And I'm Miranda. So good to see you guys. I know. Good to see you too. It's been too long. I know I forgot about the last time capsule episode. Sorry, Paul. But it's finally out there now. And I'm just recording it in my office in the dark. And I'm like, I'd rather be talking with Miranda and Courtney. Sorry, Paul. (laughs) It has been really nice. Like, I, this is going to sound weird, but like, I've never met you guys in real life. So this, and like, post pandemic, like this feels normal to me to like meet people on the internet and talk to them virtually and everything. Mm -hmm. Um, And only see each other on Discord or Zoom or whatever. So have we um, not met in nice. real life? I don't know. You've been to Creative South. Yes. Once, twice? Once. So, like, the last one that they had was my first one. So you've okay. met and both of us. And I kind of, of mingled. I mingled a little bit, mm-hmm. but I was with a group of people that I hung out with most of the time. And then I traded, I, like, reached out to people on Instagram and traded stickers. But um, You've probably met us tangentially because... Courtney, you were yeah. on the bridge in 2019, right? Yeah, I was, was volunteering. You, you were giving out the mm-hmm. wristbands, right? Yeah, checking IDs. Mm-hmm. Yep, I probably it was probably you that gave me my wristband. Was that the year I <laughs> poured cool. beer very poorly, or was that probably? Diane put me on Diane put me on beer duty on the bridge, and I've never oh. poured a beer from a tap before. Oh no, it was awful people in i just handed them a glass and watched as they poured their own after like halfway through the bridge party was it just all foam it was all it was either all foam or no foam and just bad i was just (laughs) like i give up here you do this and i came back with the jack and coke and just watched oh no i was really looking forward to it i think i was on drink duty and then they're like no we're not having people do this So I checked IDs instead. I ruined it. I ruined it for everyone. I'm sorry, everybody at Creative South. If you wanted to stand there and pour a beer, Diane's not going to let you anymore because I did such a piss poor job. It's all Zach's fault. (laughs) Most things are. It's usually probably like a licensing thing. I did not have my license. Um, that goes into something I've been thinking about giving up too soon oh one other thing before we circle back to this another sign that i've kind of just given up on life and just totally accepted (laughs) being a dad in my late 30s headed towards 40s we went to myrtle beach this weekend which is like an hour and a half drive just so i could get a pair of crocs oh Mm -hmm. that's why they're they're the most comfortable shoes i've ever owned i'm fully on i'm fully on board croc train I got bright tie-dye Crocs and a uh, a Snoopy gibbet to put on there. Oh, okay. And now I'm like looking in. Yeah, (laughs) Pride Month, right? (laughs) I mean, I came out as bi this month and I went and got Crocs. That's great. Let's just do it. (laughs) it. That tracks. (laughs) It felt right and I did it. And I'm loving it. it. What color are they? They're tie-dye, like bright tie-dye. Like, there's a couple, of, there's, like, the dark tie-dye that feels safe. Yeah. And then these are, like, the pastel pink, yellow, blue. No, I love it. It's so good. That sounds amazing. Yeah. Uh, I just felt more true to myself and more comfortable yeah. everywhere I've gone since then. 
nothing wrong with that. As you should. Just a little. Yeah. Odd. I've also been looking at how to get creatoring gibbets made. I keep saying gibbets. You guys know what gibbets are, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you guys own Crocs? Yeah, are you on this? I the last time I owned a pair of Crocs was I was probably twelve. Okay. <laughs> but I did have gibbets. Get on this train. The like, gibbets were the best part. They're the only reason I didn't want to give up the Crocs. I've heard they're good at Disney too. Mm-hmm. Like good. I might Disney get those. Shoes. Like they have like ballet slipper type ones. I think that aren't just like I full on. Yeah, I'd get those. Beth went like. Beth went hardcore and got like platform outdoor hiking Crocs. Whoa, that's a thing. Hiking Crocs. They have like rigid bottoms, and they're cute. It's crazy because I got like a Velcro straps on the back. Dang, they make water shoes too. Hmm. Okay, Crocs. Because here's where I'm at. Also in my life, I'm a grown man. I don't wear cargo shorts. I don't wear flip-flops unless I'm at the beach because I'm an adult. But I'll wear those Crocs to Walmart like it's like it's my job, mm-hmm. essentially. It's the most appropriate place for them. Oh, I just found the ones you got. Those are cool. Like white on the inside mm-hmm. and pastel on the outside. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. I can't find these hiking Crocs, but when I do, I might get a- you can get a water bottle peg. Or they're calling them pegs. Oh. Now I'm just, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Gibbets. Gibbets is like, it's like Xerox or Kleenex. It's like a brand that makes them. Mm-hmm. Probably. Okay. Um, so there's like other off brands. And I think Disney's like are by Disney. I don't think they're by Gibbets. There's some. So this, this blew my mind and also helped push me into the Croc thing. There are artists collaborating with Crocs now. You can get Vera Bradley Crocs. And they're very cute. I don't know cute. about that. Interesting. Was it, um, there was some, like, there was some hip-hop artist that did a collab, and, like, they launched them, Post and they were sold Post out Malone. within minutes. Yeah. <laughs> my, my friend's, like, a, um, he's, like, an eBay reseller, and he was trying so hard to get his hands on some, because he's like, I know these are going to be a big hit. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he might have gone in and gotten a pair with a friend that were, like, but they were, like, size 13 or something. It was, like, all they okay. had left. Tell him to hit me up. He got the 13 Post Malone. I think, Which I don't ones, know if the black he still one or has the pink them. ones. I'll, I'll, talk, I'll reach out to you. Probably friend. black. Uh, I want the pink ones. Also, Dip, he probably sold them, but Diplo just came out with a pair of Crocs. Stop. He did two. He did the clogs and then uh, a pair of sandals. That's crazy. Do you guys know who Mr. Smiley is? I think that's his name. It's like a, He's like mm-hmm. a street artist. Does a lot of smiley faces. Just came okay. out with a pair of Crocs. I already said hmm. Vera Bradley. Um, that one doesn't make sense to me. The other ones do. <laughs> look them up. They're pre- it's Crocs with Vera Bradley prints on them. Dang. And they're actually really pretty. There's another one. I think it's a fashion designer called Carrot. Does that ring any bells? Not at all. Okay. Mm-mm. Again, Crocs. This world is blowing up. I didn't know. Go on StockX. They go for like two hundred bucks, which that's crazy. To your friend who sells on eBay, I'm sorry. I'm, StockX is elite. Oh, is it? That's where I like to get sneakers from because that's another. He probably one. he probably sells on other sites too. I just I I just say eBay reseller because <laughs> that's the one that he does the most on. Yeah, it's still big. 
But like StockX, when you buy stuff, you have to, the seller stays anonymous and mails it to StockX, who confirms that they're not, ah. that they're not fake or anything. And then they send them to the buyer. Cool. So those Mickey Mouse vans I got are also legit. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those were those were awesome. They look great. The other day I was thinking about what was I looking at? I had to write down the month for something or the like the date. And I was like, that's right, it's June now. And then I looked at my watch where I have the date and I was like, it's the middle of June. The middle of June. <laughs> we're now in the end of June. You know, the 16th on. We're in the back. Yeah. Half. <laughs> It's yeah. like your late, like almost late second 20s, quarter, late thirties. It's the late, late June. Did we mm-hmm. miss the Olympics? <laughs> Did that right. happen? No, the Olympics are about to happen. I think. Yeah, the end of July. They got a month. Dang. I have no idea how it's gonna happen. I'm already seeing hype about it. That'll be nice. Like, are they letting people in, or do you know about that? Because <laughs> COVID, man, <laughs> in Japan, it's kind of intense right now. <laughs> yeah. Scheduled to be held from the 23rd of July to 8th of August in Tokyo. I don't know if I want to cross my fingers that it doesn't happen or that they just all stay safe, but... Yeah. Form a bubble. I think we know enough now about, yeah, about bubble practices and, like, the NBA did a really great job, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, here Was it the NBA? In here, here in Florida, they did a, um, a lot of that and testing and mm-hmm. quarantine and all of that. I think they'll... I don't know it's a lot of people in a lot of countries, so <laughs> hopefully they'll be strict. That's wild, though. So looping back, we were talking a little bit earlier about uh, not immediately being good at things mm. or quitting too early. And I feel like people like that, that are in the Olympics mm. are, have just have been working at it for so long that like, what do you even do after the Olympics? Like, what do, do you even try new things? Do you just keep doing the same thing? What do you <laughs> like do once if you you're a don't... rower? Yeah, if you don't make it to the Olympics, what do you do? I might actually know somebody that was on the swimming team, or she was like a hopeful, and she became like a sports psychologist coach person afterwards. So she's still kind of she's like into human performance and like all of that. So like she kind of really went in that direction and and does a lot of that. But uh, yeah, I guess you just kind of stay. In that category? I don't know. Get into gibbets. Yeah. <laughs> gibbets collabs. Mm-hmm. Just full Olympics gibbets. Just pour yourself into it. If you can get into pole vaulting, how much harder is it to get one of those little charms into the hole of a <laughs> pair of beautiful Vera Bradley Crocs? Uh, that sounds like a perfect skills. concept. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Transferable right skills. Because <laughs> how many sports psychologists are there? There's like 10 of them. And you know what? Right. Mm-hmm. What is a That's sports psychologist? Is it someone who makes someone she... feel better through sports or helps no, them? So she got into that. That was like how she got into her. Well, she's a psychologist. And she started in sports psychology and then really got into the idea of human performance. And so that kind of launched her into more like a little bit of like consulting stuff and then like business coaching but like through the lens of Mm. self-improvement and like making you your best self to perform at the highest level like same as athlete kind of thing so i don't know if she still coaches athletes or um with like performance and 
psych stuff, but um, she's come like talked at our company a couple of times, and okay. uh, we designed a brand for her and a website and everything. So that's how I know her. Oh, nice. She's very cool. Taught me box breathing. Speaking of She's being better at things, I need to work on transitions because it's time for our first break. Here we go. <laughs> back uh that was a quick break but i was thinking during the break and i got kind of sad because like the olympics i feel like i should be good at everything i do the first time i try something and i've been working on learning zbrush and i can't get it it sucks this doesn't come naturally no i've been doing it and i just gonna sound dumb i've been just trying i've been in a couple classes and just like when i started learning cinema 4d it just clicked, like combining mm-hmm. the shapes and making them into stuff. What do you guys do when you can't figure something out? I take like copious amounts of notes. Mm-hmm. I get that from my mom. She used to keep like no- little notebooks next to her desk and would write down literally everything that she learned in like new programs and stuff. So she, yeah. when I was teaching her how to use Photoshop, she'd be like, wait, 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 hang on. I'm going to write it down. Like she'd write down like step one menu, like all of that. So I, I don't, I am a little bit more succinct than that, but I just take a ton and ton of notes of like anytime, like shortcuts. I feel like that's the biggest thing that I, um, or I just look up, I look up tutorials for everything (laughs) that I want to do. Every time I'm like, I forgot how to do this. I'm going to look up a tutorial. Yeah. I do a lot of Googling. I used to have a notebook like that where it would be, um, like 10 pages ter- ter- whatever per program where I would have them blank and just write ter- down ter- things ter- that ter- I learned. Turtles. <laughs> and then, but uh, now I try to do, I think like ultimately it'd be nice to have um, like ever a-, a note or something like that, some kind of database knowledge base where I could put everything that I learned so I can reference it quickly because I have notes scattered everywhere. Um, yeah. But yeah, usually there's somebody out there who said it in a different way that works for me because there's a million ways to do a thing. I think it bums me out a lot more that I feel like I have to be good at it after a couple of weeks. Like I I know that that's not true and I know it's foolish, but I'm like, where did that come from? Like, it feels like a mental health issue. Like something I'm holding on to. I definitely am a lot more sensitive and with the things that are like work related or like career related mm-hmm. things like I'm kind of okay being bad at a thing and having to work really hard at it if it's like a hobby and I know that I can just kind of give it up but if it's something that I'm like this would make my life so much better at work or like I think I would bring so much more value or or like I could get really good at this thing then I feel like it's personal when I'm not mm-hmm. good at it yeah I think there's the investment part of it too, because 3D software is not cheap. And then, like, I got a Wacom tablet, Wacom, Wacom. How do you? I still don't know. Yeah, how do you Wacom say? Wacom sounds like a. Pac- I say Wacom. 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 Wacom I used sounds to say like Pac-Man. Wacom. 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 Like Wacom all. But a friend of mine says Wacom, and that's. I don't know. It does. What about you, Courtney? What's the last thing that you tried to do and was not immediately good at? I feel like I try to intentionally do things that scare me 
And whenever I do too many of those, I can get easily demoralized and just try to remember or or have have a couple of hobbies in my back pocket that I'm good at or like me time, relaxing time, so I don't beat myself up too much. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I saw this really good comment from Doc Reed the other day I on Instagram. Yeah. And he said something like... Um, that you get creatively constipated if you don't produce every day. <laughs> so keep producing those turds. Something along turd, those turd, lines. Turd, 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 turd. There, it's going to be bad every day, but if you don't, then that's worse. Then it'll be painful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that, I found that inspiring. So what's the um, creative fiber to help you <laughs> making something every day? Oh, good question. I think you just got to keep like don't hold it in just keep doing things yeah i think yeah that's part of where i feel stuck to just to not to stick with that metaphor but kind of to stick with that metaphor because i just came off of a hundred day challenge where i was making stuff every day yeah and then i was like if i keep doing this i'm not going to learn the new program but i i can't make the same stuff every day Right. Without it, I'm and also... you—I feel like you got—you made so much progress over those hundred days. Like you got—you got so much better. Like I—you may not have seen it in the moment, but like I'm sure you learned so much more stuff mm-hmm. doing that. I can make fake hair now. I couldn't do That's that two months cool. ago. Nice. Um. The other thing that overwhelms me is never I expect to be at 100% and I'm at 5%, but maybe you need to break it down into tinier chunks. I always want to dive into the deep end, but it's really like you've got to take a step at a time. So maybe if you broke it down into one technique or something. With like road markers? Yeah. Instead of like aiming for the mountains? like Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like instead of a whole, like I want to make a whole thing. It's like I want to just make one piece of the thing or like i want to learn one one skill today in that program or whatever i don't know anything about z rush clearly but (laughs) i don't know problem like (laughs) i still don't know all of photoshop and i've been using it since the year 2000 like (laughs) the year 2000 there's still so much of it and it keeps changing yeah that's a good point and my dumbass is over here thinking about childhood trauma where someone held me to a higher standard than i was ready for so i like succeeded at that so i'm like yeah. maybe i should why can't i jump this yeah but that, like, that i feel like that definitely has something to do with it because i there were some things that i was very good at as a as a kid because i worked hard. i don't know i i was naturally really great at reading because my I guess I learned to read really early and my parents read at dinner every night. Like we would read stories and stuff. So I had a higher reading comprehension pretty young. And I was always told like in front of my parents' friends, like, Oh, she has a very high reading comprehension. And like, I love to read. Yeah. Still do. Um, So like I was really good at that thing or like I was really good at school. Like I was really great at taking notes and like taking tests and, um, but then there's like, I don't know. And music too, like piano. I took piano and was really, that came really naturally to me because I started so early. I think it's Mm -hmm. hard 
when you're good at something for a really long time to pick up a new thing and not be good at it. Or like yeah. when you're told at a really young age, you're like, oh, you're so good at this thing. It's not like you worked really hard to get here. Mm-hmm. It's like you're really good at it. You're so smart. Like you're just naturally talented. Have you, I don't know why you guys would have seen these, but have you seen or have y'all, take, I'm trying to use you guys less often, have y'all ever seen or heard of the studies of like when they take, they took these three kids, and I'm going to totally fuck this up, but they took three groups of kids, broke them into sections or two sections. Yep. See, the story's already off the rails. Let me know if you can't keep up. Because <laughs> no <sense>. worries. <laughs> they told one group of kids they were smart. Yeah. And the other group of kids that they were hardworking. Mm-hmm. And then they gave them puzzles and like rewards and stuff. And the kids that they told were smart gave up when they got to the harder puzzles. And the kids mm-hmm. that they said were praised for working hard, like pushed through and even said it was fun to do the second and third harder levels definitely. of puzzles. Yeah. I was definitely in group one. <laughs> And you I'm have trying, like an identity crisis. Yeah, I'm trying yeah, to that you're not switch smart. to to the second yeah. one. Yeah, you feel like, oh, I'm not smart if it doesn't click right away. Yeah. And I'm totally, fully cognizant of the fact that this is coming from a place of privilege. Like, I was in, and I don't, it feels like this is an internet meme or something. I'm not but I was like, I was in the gifted program in fifth grade. Like, what is that? It just, it's setting you up to like, yeah, fail because I was always smarter than I was a good student. And somewhere in high school, I started giving up. My parents split up and I went to six different high schools and high school already sucks, but trying to just survive. I was like, I can either make friends or be good in class. And I went with mm-hmm. the first one. But I knew good the shit. You. you know, I just didn't. Yeah. I did not pass with a good enough GPA to tell everybody on here what my GPA was, mostly because I don't remember. <laughs> That's it was okay. C- yeah. D or C average. But I have the opposite problem where it's like hard to figure out how to exist in the real world because I'm so used to syllabuses. So you yeah. learned at an early age. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That those things aren't really important. But there feels like there needs to be somewhere in the middle, too, at least to, like, have a proper grasp on how the world works. Mm -hmm. Because if you can be good with people, but not time manage, it makes freelancing Mm -hmm. very hard. It does. Like, I have no problem reaching out to clients, which is very weird. Yeah. And I've never missed a timeline, but that's because I usually give myself a pretty wide berth. But if I could definitely see it happening at some point, you know, right now I'm on an in-house team, which is great. And I love it. But who knows what the future holds? Like with learning 3D stuff, I would love to do a kid's book or modeling on a movie at some point. And, you know, those are tighter timelines. So maybe I should mm-hmm. delete this part of the podcast before I put it out. But, you know. I kind of lost my train of thought. Do you guys have any jokes or anything you want to add to that? Um, I, don't, I can't remember where. I'm trying to think of what's the last thing that you said when you left off. I don't know. 
you're you're learning 3D stuff, Zach. You could totally do. There's so many uh like virtual. You could design like 3D sets for uh like gibbets. EDM artists or gibbets mm-hmm. or gibbets. But I'm thinking like, um, my husband's into EDM music, and there was a lot. Or EDM, just EDM mm-hmm. music is them. Um, <laughs> there were a lot of virtual shows over the summer last year when no festivals were happening or anything. And all of the artists had these crazy, like, graphics and, like, lots of 3D stuff. Some of them had virtual, like, venues. And if you had a VR setup, you could, like, be in the venue. Oh, that's cool. And I feel like you could do stuff like that. I don't know what if that's a similar skill set, but... Is Skrillex still work a thing? for Dead Mouse. Skrillex is still a thing. Dead Mouse. Dead Mouse is still a thing. Can anyone here name an EDM band that's formed in the last three years? Because I can't. What about three years? No, Got but it. Marshmallow. <laughs> Alice in Wonderland. Zoo. Zoo is so good. Yeah. Zed. That's not really recent. Odessa. I know a lot of things. <laughs> I know a They're lot fun. of I know a lot of things. <laughs> I know a lot of things. That's an affirmation statement. Is yeah. Justice is in an EDM band, are they? D A N C E that song. They're like I've not pop. heard of it. Mm-hmm. Yes. Pop. Do okay. a dance. I don't yep. know. It's very electronic inspired. Ooh. There was this one, um, artist i don't remember his name at bonner that we went to and his whole thing was about um using really low bass tones to vibrate all the bad toxins out of your body and like get you in touch with your body and it was really cool for like five minutes then (laughs) like 15 minutes and i wanted to throw up there's so much there's such a wide variety yeah, yeah. <laughs> Get it's all like, the toxins it's the brown, out. It's the brown note for like 10 minutes. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> EDM is fun. Uh. EDM so is fun. Guy. It'll make you poop your pants. Yeah, it will. You don't even need gibbets when you go to an EDM show. It's just poop on everybody's shoes. You need some Crocs. You need oh, gibbets Crocs. in those Crocs so that it doesn't get into your, like, in there. your socks. <coughs> Mm-mm. I think Miranda's gonna get sick. (laughs) I'm good. I uh, EDM had a little coughing fit on mute. I'm fine. That's what I always imagine a modest mouse show would be like: a coughing fit into the brown (laughs) note, and just. How did we get here? Does it matter? (laughs) Are the flaming Um... lips? The Flaming Lips would have been a good show during COVID. Just everybody in their own bubble. Yeah. And then getting sick inside the bubble. That's the one thing. Go ahead. uh, There's this guy who got really famous over um, the pandemic. And I don't know if you know of him. And I'm going to mess up his name. But it's Mark Ribier. And he, you should check him out because he does these uh, shows that are like three hours long on YouTube. It's uh, M-A-R-C space R-E-B-I-L-L-E-T. But it's nuts. He'll just, I'm going to need to he, hear more. Yeah, he makes music uh, 
uh, for three hours long, and it's like going to church though, but it's also like <laughs> yeah. And soulful. He stream- does he stream on sw- on Twitch too? Probably. And he had I've, I've definitely on. seen him before. He just wears an assortment of house robes. <laughs> what kind of music is it? It's like soul club. Oh wow. Oh wow. I'm seeing a picture of him right now. The glasses and the robe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it all original stuff or just like yeah. covers of like Madonna and Chocolate Rain and stuff? He's I mean, just it's making like, it all. Yeah. yeah. On the spot. It's awesome. He he's like, I would say he reminds me a little bit of Reggie Watts. Okay. Like early Reggie Watts, kind of just like making stuff. He like even collaborated style. with him. With Reggie Watts? Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's amazing. On Comedy that's Bang me. Bang. That was a good yeah, show. Yeah, do it. Watch it, listener. Make you feel better. You can go listen to it on our second break, which we need to take now-ish. Don't go listen too long. Come back. Welcome back. How was your Mark break? I hope it went well. I uh, did not listen, but I will in a little bit. Um, Because right now it's time for Tip Corner. Hi, welcome to Tip Corner, our podcast in a podcast in the last part of the podcast. Um, I'll go first this week because I don't think I've gone first before. And I don't know if this is helpful or not, but if you're in After Effects, and you've got a layer you want to move to a different point, like you got to retime a bunch of stuff, um, move the timeline or the uh, the little time marker, you know, where you click and there's that line there. And the then click the playhead. Thank you. Click all the layers you want and then click open bracket to move the beginning there. Or you can hold, it'll move the whole layer to the playhead. Or leave the layers where they are and hold alt and click open bracket, and it'll adjust the layer to begin there. But all your keyframes will still be in the same position. You can do it nice. on the back side to like move the ending of the layer. If you hit close bracket, it'll move the ending or alt close bracket, and it'll adjust the layer to that place where the playhead is. And there, cool. I did a helpful tip for once. Boom. Who's the one that's going that next? tough. Looking in 40. Um, okay. Yeah, I'll give a a music tip, a cello tip. Yay, music tip. Back into this. But I was watching this. Music tip. Well, not music. Uh, kind of speaking to, um, like feeling bad at things. Uh, I feel like whenever I'm doing, or I grew up dancing and then also really wanted to get into cello. And I focus a little bit too much on technique instead of um, outwardly expressing. And so I wonder if whenever you learn the next new thing that you go to pick up, if you do it the opposite way and you follow with, I know this is going to sound so cliche, but passion and expression, Mm -hmm. if you automatically turn into like a better artist. Um, I guess that's more food for thought than tip corner. But I was watching this Mm -hmm. video with Yo-Yo Ma and he was talking about how you're not really doing the full... Uh, the audience the full uh, service if all you're doing is focusing on technique and not 
feeling the music because it's your job to express as an artist. And I would say that has to do with design too. Um, so maybe if you feel like your piece is a little bit too stifled in whatever it is you're working on, try to figure out what you're trying to express and how to bring that out and don't be afraid of it. Mm. Preach. I love that. Get all of that printed on a t-shirt. It'll wrap, <laughs> it'll wrap around it, but it'll be inspiring for everybody. Mm-hmm. I like it. When you when you listen back to this for editing, Zach, just write it all down and post it in Discord as a quote. I'll just write there it down go. in my notebook of uh, helpful tips, too. Yeah. All right, so my tip corner helpful tip today is also in a different genre, and it is about, like, knitting and crocheting. And I have been... I've been knitting for nearly 20 years um, and crocheting for like probably 15 and anytime that I like make a thing, I like to, I like challenging myself with like new things that I'm learning and like techniques Mm -hmm. and stitches and patterns and things like that. Um, Anytime somebody is like, oh my God, that's so crazy. How'd you do that? And I'm like, it's like... It looks really creative when you're doing it, but I literally just follow patterns. Mm -hmm. Like, I just find patterns I really like, and then I make them. Um, But they're they're usually pretty complicated and require a lot of counting. So my biggest tip there um, is invest in some good stitch markers. (laughs) Because... That was a thing. Yes. They're like these little loopies that you put on your, if you're knitting, you put them on your knitting needle between stitches mm-hmm. to mark where you need to like switch the type of, where it, like where the pattern repeats or um, where you need to um, start your next round or where you need to switch doing a certain thing or whatever. Um, and then in crochet, I use them. I guess I haven't used them in a while for that, but sometimes I just use them to like keep track where I am, like mm. how far, how far in I am because then it's, I forget how many rows I've done or how many, you know, I also have this like, um, you know, those things they use at, uh, the, at doors to like count people, the little yeah. like clicky. Yeah. So I have something similar to that, but it's specifically for knitting that counts your rows. And every time you click it, it adds a number, um, so I count my rows with that <laughs> nice. for things that require me to count rows because I just did a pattern that was like on a, a 30 row repeat, but it was kind of hard to tell. So like I had to count rows and then rather than having to recount like every couple rows, like, oh crap, where am I? I would just look at my little county thing. Clicker. Nice. If I don't, yeah. if I don't color code an After Effects project, I lose my mind after like 30 layers so good on you for that that's yeah uh thanks guys those are great i feel like i learned something and uh if you've made it this far thanks for listening you can find us on instagram at creatoring um and you know as always we love y'all always be yourselves